Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Well, I guess I'll preach then. If you want to hear that, let me find my COVID update. I've got buried in my notes. Some of, for some of you that are new, you're like, what on earth does this guy do? Anybody who's not preaching about COVID right now is not in the river of the Spirit of God. Is you're not understanding the book of Revelation unfolding before your very eyes. You might get tired of it if you attend this church, but I can tell you, you'd be in a, in a dry and weary land if you went to another one. Because they're all hiding behind their PPP money. I can tell you that right now. And still nobody to this day outside of a few of us, few churches, what I mean by us, a few churches that are actually preaching correctly as you see the book of Revelation, namely chapter 13, unfolding right before your very eyes. Doesn't mean we're at chapter 13 yet, but you can see the precursors of chapter 13 unfolding right before your eyes that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now the next verse, that's, that's Revelation 13, 16 and 17. Now the next verse is a warning. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate, understand the number of the beast. Let him, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. People get hung up with 666, try to find it anywhere and everywhere. It's the 666 is symbolic of mankind. It'll be a mankind's interest. It'll be a fake interest of mankind that will cause people eventually to put a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and these people will do it willingly, including inside the evangelical church, because they already have. Anybody who's not preaching about that is not in the realm of the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. John chapter 16, verse 13 says, the Spirit of God will tell us things to come. I said this last week. If you are in the realm of the Spirit, you sniffed all of this stuff out from day one. It smelled bad. And you knew that it did. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to comply. I'm not going to run and try to find cover in Romans chapter 13. I'm not going to try to appease men because a bondservant of Christ cannot be a man pleaser. You smelled it out and you knew. Now we're seeing it unfold before our very eyes. Three days after Emmanuel Macron was reelected allegedly president in France, he has initiated their digital ID system in France. It's already happening in the entire European Union where you cannot buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR-coded Mark of the Beast on your phone. And when I say Mark of the Beast, I'm not serious about that, but it's a precursor to the Mark of the Beast. It's also happening in Sri Lanka. They just unleashed their digital identification system where they are beginning to gather people's biometric data. This is not right-wing conspiracy theory. This is the Bible unfolding and Christians ought to be preaching it. Christians ought to know about it so they can stand up against it. 
We are to occupy until he comes. We're not to go with the flow and try not to offend. That is not the MO of the church. You will see people offended at Foundation Church. I could listen, I could, it's not because I'm trying to offend them. It's because it's the simple truth and truth confronts people when you see in scripture that God hardens people's hearts. Do you think he's going and touching their heart and hardening, hardening, hardening them? Hard word to say. Do you think he is? No, what is happening is, is that the presence of God itself through their own decision making hardens their heart because they see the truth and they decide, you know what? I'm going to resist it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject you. That's the Bible. But that's what happens. People get confronted with truth, whatever it may be, and they don't like, well, you know what? We, you know, we, we, did, we did cave, a lot of pastors say. They don't say the cave. We were, you know, we were, we were just, you know, we were cautious. It's not the Bible. Why are you preaching that? Well, if I don't preach that, people are going to leave. So you're a man pleaser. So you cannot be a bondservant of Christ. No, I, I was trying, it was my Christian brothers and sisters I was trying not to offend. Who cares? You say what needs to be said now. You will see people stream out of this church. It doesn't matter what, what I'm called to do, what you're called to do is preach the word of God instantly. When it's popular, when it's not, that's in season and out of season. Reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. You think there's any suffering going on in these lukewarm churches? There's no suffering. It's all suffering avoidance. When you can't even be a joint heir with Jesus, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. You Listen, persecution is the suffering that you're gonna have to go through. If you've never been persecuted, you're not telling people the truth. The idea is not to coagulate humanity. The idea is to preach the word. If your church gets big, it gets big. If your church gets small, it gets small. Eventually God will water that seed and make you big. Look at us now. My message has never changed. I've gotten smarter, gotten more wisdom. My message has never changed. I've preached hellfire and brimstone from day one. As a youth pastor, as a pastor, as a worship leader, hellfire and brimstone. Why? Because that's the Bible. Where, where do you get that from? Well, they shall, they shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest who worship the beast and his image. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast or his image or whoever receives the mark of his name. Where do you get that from? Well, that's just Revelation chapter 14. 14 through 16, if you want to check it, that's where it is. You need to preach these things. I, I don't want people shocked that they go to hell. What? I, I, I started a spiritual journey. I signed up on the fresh start list. I got the t-shirt that said, I got a fresh start on Easter Sunday, 2022. What happened? You never turned from your sin. 
Deaths in Australia, one of the leading COVID totalitarian states in the world, their overall deaths in January of this year are up 22%. Not their COVID deaths, all their deaths. This is all over the world. A 22% death increase? Listen, politicians lose elections if there's a 2% increase. It's just like violent crime in America is up 40% in one year. Nobody bats an eye. Our cities are war zones. Why? Because there's an absence of the Holy Ghost. That's why. COVID-19 deaths in Australia from January to April were more this year than 2020 and 2021 combined. 95% of their population is vaccinated, double vaccinated. I told you that one last week. Digital ID, Sri Lanka, France, in the European Union, the leading, the leading, one of the leading countries or even the leading country for biometric technology, digital ID technology, is the Ukraine. Strange, isn't it? And now they're getting billions and billions of dollars put into that country. From us, your taxpayer dollars, which by the way also gets to pay for the Disinformation Governance Board. So the liars will now be the police department over lying. I said this on the podcast last night, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. If you're, I'll start with Christians because for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. First Peter 4, 17. You're like, what kind of, some of you are new. I can tell by your facial expressions. You don't think I'm looking at you, but I am. You're like, what did I walk into? This is what, this is what church should be. We should all be donning black robes. This is what church should be. How can you win the lost if you don't, if you don't deal with what is causing them to be lost? But when you sow, to your flesh, you sow, you sow corruption. When all these churches decide, you know, we're gonna lock down for humanity's good. Listen, that's no different than 666. It's no difference. You're responding to man's commands. It's nowhere, listen, we'll, we won't even start with the Bible. It's nowhere in the Constitution that you have to ever lock down or be forced to wear a mask. It's against the Nuremberg Code that they, that they push you out of a job because you won't take a vaccination. Two billion people have been vaccinated. And I'm telling you folks, there's a Holocaust coming. It's already happening. If we had legitimate media, if the disinformation governance board was actually policing media and, and, their, and, their, and their goal was to force the media to tell the truth, you, you would be absolutely Stunned by what's happening right now. Absolutely stunned by what's happening in the world right now. People, are, people all over the globe, completely and totally, totally healthy, dropping all over the globe, and nobody, nobody's talking about it except for a few churches. Everybody's afraid. 
if I come out, if I come out and say the vaccines are killing people, then I'll be considered one of those radicals. I'll be, I'll, I'll be considered a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. You should be telling the truth no matter what. A man's enemies will be the members of his own house. I haven't seen my mother since 2019. Oh, well, that's okay. I'm all right. Everybody on my side of the family and most, half at least, on the hope side of the family, which are all evangelicals, are all, vaccine, are all vaccine people. They don't understand the things that we say because they're living in a complete delusion. But a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. See, I'm not startled by that. A lot of Christians go, I must be wrong because my family hates me. If they, listen, I, I don't wanna give license to weirdos. You need to first ask yourself, am I a weirdo? Seriously, you, you need to do that because people come up to me at the door that I know, I'm with you, Tom. No, I'm like, no, you're not. You're not, you've been weird your whole life. You're weird now, and that's why everybody hates you. Always check first. If you've been in, the, if you've been in church long enough, you know that there's plenty of people that believe that they're serving Jesus through being irritating. <laughs> Last thing I'll tell you on COVID. A woman on a, a Twitter account did a study on the numbers coming out of Indiana. And this is ho COVID hospitalization death numbers. What it means is this. Not COVID numbers, not death rate numbers from COVID. People who have been hospitalized from COVID. Everybody with me? If you are hospitalized from COVID, that means you've got a serious infection, right? Allegedly. That they'll make more serious by injecting you with remdesivir and kill you off. But what, these are the hospitalization numbers for those that are infected with COVID and get hospitalized. This is the death numbers. The percentage of those who die afterwards in Indiana in two columns, vaxxed versus unvaxxed. Everybody with me? 40 to 49, I put these out on the podcast last night. 40 to 49, those that are hospitalized for COVID. If you are unvaxxed, you have a 6% chance of dying. If you are vaccinated, you have a 16% chance of dying. 50 to 59, if you are unvaxxed, you have an 8% un, chance of dying. If you are vaccinated, 35% chance of dying. This is their governmental numbers. Why is this not headline news at the USA Today? Because there's an agenda by people who hate humanity. The very, it's, it's, it's just like the Disinformation Governance Board. The abortionists are telling you what to do with your health. The liars are telling you what lies are. And the abortionists are telling you how to take care of your body. 60 to 69, unvaxxed, you have a 13% chance of dying once you're hospitalized with COVID. If you're vaccinated, 
43% chance of dying. This is their numbers, not mine. Gets worse as you get older. 70 to 79, if you are unvaccinated and hospitalized for COVID, you have a 19% chance of dying in Indiana. If you are vaccinated, you have a 57% chance of dying. 80 plus, unvaccinated, 41% chance of dying once you're hospitalized for COVID. If you're unvaccinated, if you're vaccinated, you have a 100% chance of dying. That's the truth. Conspiracy, conspiracy, it's on their website. 900,000 Americans have died from COVID. Go on the CDC website and you'll see 40,000. That's the truth. When they swab, when they do a PCR test on somebody who's got two weeks to go in hospice of lung cancer and they swipe their nostril and they find out they have COVID, that's a COVID death. That's what they've been doing from day one. Some of you still might need to say those vaunted three words. A lot of people, instead of saying those vaunted three words, just walk out the back doors of this church because their pride is bubbling up and going before their own destruction because they will not say the vaunted three words. I was wrong. We have to say it. I've said it a bunch in my life. Why is everybody afraid of saying it? You're gonna be judged by it anyway. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, 1 Samuel 16, 7. All right, let's preach the message. Are you ready? That was all free, 11 o'clock. We'll be out of here in about one hour. For those of you that are concerned about lunch, which I am. So we're talking about privilege. White, black, Hispanic, Asian, purple, purple hair, whatever it may be. If you have the blood of Jesus applied to your life, you are privileged. Even those that don't know it are privileged. The ones who don't know it are destroyed for that lack of knowledge. You are privileged. You have everything, but you're going to need through prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship to talk yourself into it. You are privileged. So let's start again. Last week we talked a lot about sin, so we're gonna start right now talking a lot about sin. Now you got saved. You're welcome, brother. One brother. Good. There you go. I know sin, sin is taboo inside most churches. Don't want, to, don't want to hurt people. We want to keep bringing them back. Bring them back for what? Your Pharisaic cultism? I'm okay and you're okay. Sing it, band. Do-da, do-da. <laughs> Sing it with me. That's the modern church. I couldn't go. I'd be bored out of my skull going to churches like that. So you got saved. You need to know you got saved. You are one of the few. Narrow is the way and few find it. But you got saved. And if you haven't got saved, you'll have a chance right at the end of this service. You got saved, so good. There you are. But we're going back to the rudimentary. Last week we were really rudimentary. 
Listen, if you don't know the basics, if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Luke chapter 12, verse 26. If you, can't, if you haven't gotten sin under control, why are you talking about prosperity? So that's why I do it this way. When you heard me say that we're going to talk about privilege, most of you probably thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, a couple weeks worth of healing and prosperity. We got to build it first. We got to build the foundation first because there's a lot of Christians. I put that in definitive quotations. That believe, that are believing for prosperity and healing, but are living in sin. Because nobody will tell them. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without somebody preaching to them? There's a reason why. That's, that's Romans 10, 14. There's a reason why you have Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Many will say, many, many people will come to me in my name and say, Lord, Lord. And then, I'm just paraphrasing it for you. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that works iniquity, ye that is living in sin. You have to build it first so that people have the maturity to get into the deeper things. And here's the thing. There are many Christians, get ready now, a different church, in this room that believe that they are rock-solid, mature Christians. Ask God first. Just like I told you a minute ago, ask God if you're weird. Stop calling it zealous and call it what it is. Because God will tell you. But will you listen? Will you, or or will, his, will his voice harden your heart? Way more people need to hear about the rudimentary than think they do. Okay, I got a nod from Bill and a yep from Jeff. And a bunch of stone faces back, heading towards the back. I'll give you a verse that we use all the time around here. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. So let's enter into the realm of sober judgment. If we have to, listen, you need to know something. I don't consider myself to be an overly mature Christian. You hear me talk about myself up here. I've got a ways to go. I told you when I was at my son's fight a couple months ago, I did not act like a mature Christian. I acted like a bloviating buffoon. So before you think that I'm preaching at you, understand that I'm preaching at all of us in this room, and I am in this room. Understand that, and maybe you'll be able to receive it instead of getting into religiosity and offense. Oh, he's yelling. I just don't, re I just, I just don't receive that way. Oh my gosh, puke fest. Who taught you? Who taught you to talk like that? Whoever it was that taught you to talk like that, 
Never go, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceiveth not in him the lips of knowledge. Get out of there, Proverbs 14, seven. Listen to how Paul spoke to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 3, one through three. I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. That's not nice, that's the church. It shouldn't be nice or mean, it should be truthful. I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you are not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able because you are still carnal. For where envy, strife, and offenses are, and divisions are among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Let me, just, let me just say this. All the mature Christians, of which, again, I'm not even including myself in that. I'm broken and contrite before the Lord. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken and contrite spirit. I don't consider myself to be overly mature. But let me ask you this. For it, verse 3, 1 Corinthians Chapter three, one through three. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. I've met many Christians who consider themselves to be advanced that have envy and strife and division among themselves. Then how are you mature? You're not mature according to scripture, so in what reference material are you mature? In the theology that is your own mind. It's not the Holy Ghost telling you that because the Holy Ghost will only tell you that which he's heard. He's going to this. He's going to the Bible. So we need to ask, am I somebody who envies? I met lots of Christians that they envy anybody with a microphone or anybody with a ministry bigger than them. I, I don't struggle with envy. I'm such a big fan of myself that I really don't envy other people, but you might. That's not my struggle. I, I'm up with, with Pastor Rodney, is two, 3,000 people. I still don't envy him, because I love me. And by the way, how, just a side note, you can only love other people as much as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as? All right, so if you hate you, then you hate everybody. That's the truth. That's the Bible. Now the next one I struggle with. <clears throat> Strife. I have to watch it. I know this is gonna shock some of you. But I struggle with liking conflict. <laughs> I admit it. I, Tom, stand before you today. <laughs> At Strife Anonymous. <laughs> and I admit that I, there is time where I feed off of strife. It's carnal and will lead to sin. I struggle right there. Divisions don't bother me either, as I'm not one that gets offended. 
If you're somebody that gets offended, see, no matter what, whatever church I'm in, I'll sit through it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chew on the meat and spit out the bones. I don't sit in there, oh, that's, you know, that's really, I don't like the tone there. I'm not the tone police. I'm not, I'm not the uh, disinformation governance board of the church. I don't look for things to offend me. So divisions don't get me. But you know what? I have to admit it. When people come up and they want to argue, man, there's something about it. There's something about it. <laughs> so I need to, that needs to be crucified. I haven't made it yet. I haven't made it. I haven't made it. I'm not even carrying the cross yet. <laughs> Luckily, I have my wife. When I don't listen to the Holy Ghost, she's there. <laughs> Love you, babe. Privilege. Going back to the rudimentary. The world can do nothing with temptation. They're helpless victims to temptation. There's nothing they can do about it. James chapter one, 14 and 15. Each one is tempted when by his own, you know, we never talk about temptation in the church anymore. That's why all the Christians fall to temptation. They're not strengthened. They haven't put on the armor of God. They have no idea. They don't even know what temptation is. Each one is tempted when by their own evil desire, they are dragged away and enticed. Do you know that you cannot be tempted unless you have evil desire, your own? Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire. The devil's doing this, the devil is doing that. The devil only has so many foot soldiers, and believe me, most of us are not worthy of his attention because our own evil desire has already got us. You have to have it. It has to be. I've, I've seen this with a lot of women inside the church. Men too. But a lot of women, they're like, I'm going to serve Jesus as long as he doesn't come around. They will serve Jesus until the next cotton candy Casanova boy comes up again. The exact same bar rat that they fell for before. In their mind, they think that way. They're not available to the Holy Ghost. In their mind, they're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve God unless he comes around. Same piece of garbage in different gift wrapping paper. Tom, what are you talking? 17 years of pastoring, I've seen it. Over and over and over again. Men, it's pure sexuality. I'll serve Jesus, except if it comes around. Men will go to hell for lust. Women will go to hell mainly for loneliness. Don't let it be you. You're holding on to an evil desire that enables you to be tempted. And see how quiet it gets when you talk about it? But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. And after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The world can do nothing about it. 
They have nothing, but we're privileged. I'll tell you why in just a minute. When the wicked man dies, for all of us who are very concerned about the wicked people on planet earth, understand, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27. They don't have, a lot of these evil men don't have long. They don't have long. You know what I forgot? I want to show you a video. I want you to see this. You guys ready back there? Play it for me. I want you to watch the guy winning the race here. You're watch in a set position. Right Guns off. Watch we are off. Here we go. Out of the, in, in the middle of the track, rolling right now. Looks like it might be Michael Kish. Kish. Mr. Kish. Five back to me. Sure, ACs. Michael Kish. 1347. All right, back. There we go. Now, why did I show you that? That guy's 70 years old. That's the truth. You can look it up. It's on Flow Track. Look it up. None of you believe me when I preached Genesis 6 3, do you? You still believe the American Medical Association that you're old when you're 70. That ain't old. Oh, this is, this, is, this is the power of positive speaking time in the sermon today. No. Bible, 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 and after that, more Bible. What does the Bible say? My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. There it is. 70, he's got 50 years to go. That was a 13 second 100 meter. He would beat almost every high school student on the planet. That's the truth. But hearkening back to the message, most of these guys, they don't have much time left. You worried about Billy Gates? You ever seen his body? He doesn't have divine inter intervention, so watch out. Moops are not a sign of great health. It must be, it must be that synthetic meat he wants everybody to eat, that he himself will never eat. But they don't have much time to go. When the wicked man dies, his hope perishes. All he expected from his power comes to nothing. Proverbs eleven seven, The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. Proverbs eleven six. So you don't have to worry. These men will pay for what they've done. They cannot escape the judgment of God. When they die, they're gonna go straight to hell and wait for the great white throne judgment. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. You sit there and you lie to everybody globally, and you have them take the clot jab for your own personal profit and because you deem that the world is overpopulated? The abortionists are in charge of the vaccines and the Christians line up to take them. But when these men and women die, they will face a judgmental God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10, 31. When it comes to our temptation, 
The world has nothing, but you and I are privileged. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up underneath it. The world has no way out. We do. You know it, don't you? The next time you're tempted, look for the way out. Honestly, cognitive, cognitive, cognitively, look for the way out. Look for it. You'll see the open door. That doesn't come for the world. When men are on their way to the strip club, there's no way out for the world. They don't even know. You think, probably most of you think, that those that are burning in hell believe that they were wrong. No, they don't. They still think they're right. Pride goes before destruction, eternal destruction. Proverbs 16, 18. The world has no way out. They really don't. They can do nothing to stop sinning. And when they do sin, they don't have an advocate, do you? 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. I write this to you. Now get this now. This is not licensing people to sin. This is not Jude 3 and 4, a license for immorality. It is not. You live in unrepentant sin. I don't care how many altar calls you responded to. You're going to hell for it. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17. You're like, what are all these, what are all these numbers that he keeps putting out? That's the Bible. 1 John 2, 1. We have an advocate. I write this to you. Remember this first, this first sentence, though. I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. When you blow it, you have an advocate. When they blow it, their advocate is Satan. You are privileged. Believe me, someday, I know some of you are so caught up with cars and houses and jobs and babies and everything else, but I'm, trust me, Someday that advocacy will be all that matters to you. The world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2, 17, the world is passing away. And since it's passing away, how important is it that we talk about sin? What's the link? The world and sin and the world's ways. But God so loved the world. God so loved the people of the world. Hates the system of the world. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. And we're seeing them all unfold before our very eyes. You the condescending arrogance of leftists in our country. And establishment rightists. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. Oh, that's strange. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. Oh, that sounds like Pfizer. Wanted to hide all of their development paperwork for 75 years. And a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Watch that gossiping Christian. There be a lot of gossiping Christians who love to throttle the pastor and other Christians behind their back. They think they're going to heaven. Watch it. It's not worth being entertained. 
Lake of fire. Not worth it. Just don't say anything. God will take care of it. So what's the link? 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack. This is why we have to talk about sin. Because the world is passing away. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise of some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not slack. The verse before that is, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. We put God on our timetable. Well, it's been years. Every Christian says that God's coming back during their lifetime. No one knows about the day or hour. Why are you saying that? I just say, you know what? Put your finger in the wind with a nice lick of spit on it. And know, be able to read the signs of the times. Don't be in the mindset of getting ready. Be ready. He's not slack concerning his promise. I know at all sorts of little Pentecostal churches that lots of people grew up, this any day now, any day God's coming back. I'm like, no, he's not. Have you read the book of Revelation? There's seals that have to be opened that have not opened yet. It's going to come back any minute. No, he's not. Sorry. I know a lot of you watch The Thief in the Night. What's the Tim LaHaye series? What's that called? Left Behind. I know. Listen, believe it if you want. Just don't sin, all right? No one knows about that day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven. Not even Jesus. Matthew 24, 36, they don't know. Why do, why do people think they know? You need to look at the Bible to judge that. But the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering. He's waiting to bring in a harvest of souls that we will use the evil of this time to bring in. Because the enemy has exposed himself. He's a murderer from the beginning and bodies are dropping all over the globe. They locked down, they killed 400 million people. That's the truth. That's a UN statistic, not me. 400 million people starved to death so far over 25 months to flatten the curve. 25 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. 400 million people have starved to death, primarily children. During that exact same time, 100 million babies were aborted. How many people died of COVID? Somewhere around five to seven million, according to their numbers. So they killed them with the virus that they created. The very people that are charged with the, the solution are the ones who created the problem. Sounds like the disinformation governance board. So they created the virus that kills people. They created the vaccine that kills people. And in the midst of those 25 months, they killed more people in the womb. Legislation in California, which will pass, they're going to abort babies 28 days after birth. That's the truth. Don't believe me? Please pull it up. You can do it right now. I won't. Usually, if I see you on your phone, I think you're texting. But right now, you can pull it up. So you know I'm not lying. Same, same legislation is attempting to be passed in Massachusetts too. So I just wonder how it is they're going to kill a 27-day-old child. They're going to wrap their arms around his neck. You go up there and... Mm, it's legal? I assume so. California, one of the stipulations is that you can neglect your child totally and completely for seven days after birth. 
So you just leave them on the table. You're like, how could this happen? You belong to your father, the devil. If you're not saved, you are demonic. Understand you are led by demons. You're led by, you have two choices. You're either led by a carnal mind that is hostile towards God, or you're led by a demonic spirit or demonic spirits of the devil himself. There is no, there's no in between. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Anybody, that's Jeremiah 17, nine. Listen, anybody that you see who is unsaved has a heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, no matter how nice they are. Understand that. That's who's running the show right now. That all the Christians said, how, how high do you want me to jump? You're like, Tom, all the Christians? Yeah, all. Statistically speaking, all. We're one church. We're one church that did nothing. Never closed, never masked, never pimped and hoard vaccines. None of it. No social distancing. Not, not even a little bit. I went out of my way to hug people. Receive the COVID. If you don't have faith, you're better off with natural immunity anyway. Let me hack all over you. Certainly better than dying of, of Pfizer or remdesivir. That truth's coming out too. You watch that remdesivir stuff, it's coming out. We prayed that it comes out. Oh, Tom, that's politics. It's not politics if it's human life. The death rate from remdesivir is through the roof, and it's still the only approved post-hospitalization drug. And it's known. They knew it all. Pfizer did no tests on their vaccine on pregnant women at all. None. Zero. Not one human trial on a pregnant woman. Naomi Wolf pulled up who's not a right winger, by the way, not one. And then they came out and said what? They used those, three, those two words, safe and effective. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, came out and told pregnant women, safe and effective, go get vaxxed. They didn't even do a human trial. They're liars. They're of their father, the devil. They're murderers. They project on you everything that they are. They call you a racist because they're racist. They call you a murderer because they are murderers. They call you a liar because they are liars. That's what the devil does. You're like, this, this is just too much. This is too much of a political message. Jesus talked about politics. They all thought he was the incoming king the way that they wanted him to be. Listen, the political, back then, because everybody still at least had a reverence of God, Politics and God were intertwined. When he was speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, those were not just the religious leaders. They were the cultural leaders. They were your sort of your mayors and your councilmen. So when he throttled them and called them whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, he was entering into the political realm. But understand, these people belong to their father, the devil, and they want to carry out their father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Understand that. John 8, 44. 
2 Peter 3.10, merging. Why we talk about sin and that the world is passing away. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. You know what that means? You know what the deep theological meaning of that is? He's gonna come when you don't expect it. All the Christians that thought one thing are gonna be shocked when he comes back. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. That's what's coming. Now what do I do now? What do, that's depressing. Not, no, it's not. The day that the Lord comes back, you'll be harvested already. Listen, there's many more chapters in the book of Revelation after chapter 14. And another angel came out of the temple and said to him, who's crying with a loud voice, to him who sat on, the sat on the cloud, thrust in your temple, I mean thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. Revelation 14, 14 through 16. That will happen. You won't be here when the, when the heavens disappear with the roar. You'll be gone by then. The worst of it you'll miss. But we have to stand during the beginnings of sorrows, which is where we're at now. Which, by the way, enjoy your life. Behold, I give unto you, I give unto you power. He's given you power. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, 19. You're privileged. This side over here, you have, the, you have the worst faces so far. I like you a lot because you filled it up. But understand, over here to my left, you're privileged. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the truth. You are only vulnerable, if you want to even call it vulnerability, to what Jesus is vulnerable to, and that is God-ordained martyrdom and persecution. That's it. Enjoy your life. Have your babies. Get rich. Just make sure that when you, when you get rich, don't set your heart upon it. Psalm 62.10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now here's the ultimate merging verses. 2 Peter 3.11 and 12. Therefore, for all of us, you need to get this first line. Let's sink our whole heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit to things of this world, even though you're saved. Understand this first line. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, all of it that you sunk your heart into, your kids aren't saved because you had to be at your job. Do not overwork to be rich. Because of your understanding, cease. Proverbs 23, 4. Tom, don't you ever get burned out as a pastor? No. You know why? I tell people no. Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? No. Hey, can we start this ministry? Can we start that ministry? Who, what do you mean we? Do you have a mouse in your pocket? Because are you saying me? No. Why don't we have this? And why don't we have that? I don't know. God called you to do it. He didn't talk to me about it. I do what I do. 
and I like what I do. If God wants me to add on, I'll add on. I don't, I won't let, I won't let Christians kill me. Well, we're so offended about this and we're so offended about, okay, have, go find a better church. Good luck with that, by the way. The only, the only competition is an hour and a half north of here. Exit 268, if you don't send here, the next closest thing is right there. River Church, Tampa Bay, the Rodney Howard Brown. Everybody else caved. Even the churches stayed open, they caved. They're unbiblical. Well, Tom, does that just disqualify them? Yeah, unless they've repented, yes. Look at me. Yes! Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, here's the link. All these things don't matter. They're gonna be burned up with fire. So since all these things are going to be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct, in godliness? Well, that sounds like religion. Whoever taught you that that was religion was a demonic liar. Obedience is love for God. How's that religion? How's that works-based? Obedience is belief. To whom did he swear? That they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Oh, it's, you know, it's not about, you know, what you do. I see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. James 2.24, Hebrews 3.18 and 19. Obedience is faith. There is no faith outside of obedience. I will show you my faith by what I do. James 2.18. All those who claim faith and claim grace and live in sin do not have the faith to be saved. They have never taken the step of faith to be saved. I know that contradicts many of the theologies that are in this room, but bring me Bible verses and I am well armed. What manner of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? Well, let's look at Matthew 24, 44. Therefore, you also, it doesn't say get ready, get ready. How many sermon titles is that, has that been the title of? I mean, how many sermons has that been the title of? Get ready. Unbiblical. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. That's the level of, of holy conduct and godliness that we ought to be at. If you're somebody right now who's a Christian, I'll focus on men since I picked on women earlier. And you're starting to list back into sin. Why do most men go to hell? You know it's true. I know right now you're sitting next to your wife. Oh, no, I, would, no, I find that repulsive. You liar. Those 21-year-old bikini models are disgusting, dear. Yeah, right. Please. You're the Disinformation Governance Board. A liar in charge of lying. But you, God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. What do you do, men? Are you listing back into porn? Yeah. 
See how quiet it gets? See, I'm a, that's my gift. I just, I've just given in to my gift. I love what Pastor Roddy does. He brings laughter. I bring dead to the wall silence. You know it's happening. And it all started with a thought. But since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? If there's even a chance that you could lust, flee, run, flee from sexual immorality. For all other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Flee. Women, if you struggle with loneliness because you're single, flee from the temptation to go back to the same man over and over again and stop caring about dating and God will bring that person to you. Watch, watch. There's just no good men yet left. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And God will create them for you. If he's got to, be like manna from heaven, he'll create them. Even if he didn't, you say you're 25 and he didn't even exist for the last 25 years. God will create him, create his parents and his entire lineage just for you. And I'm not kidding. Matthew 25, 13. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or hour. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. Ecclesiastes 8.17. We do not know the day or hour, but you better keep watch. And when you're starting to see that people cannot buy, sell, or trade without a QR code, watch it. Watch. And not just watch, stand in it. Listen, stand up against it. They're coming again. On the streets of China, they pin people down and shove swabs up their nose and PR, PCR test them. They'd be doing that here if there wasn't a Second Amendment that people didn't stand. You better come with more than a cotton swab to my house. That's the truth. The world has no pastor. Talking about privilege, see how we're building? We just crossed, we're not talking about sin too much anymore. You should be clear on it, right? The world has no pastor except the sons of hell. That's their pastors. Where do you get that from? Matthew 23, 15. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrite. You, tra you hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win one convert, to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. What are you talking about? The modern evangelical church in America. No repentance of sin, no Bible verses, 23 minute message. We're at 42 minutes right now. We got another 18 to go. If we don't go longer. The whole purpose of it is to try to keep people in the church. That's not your job. It's not a Bible verse. That's no more of a Bible verse than it takes a village. Got 
to keep people here. That's not, you preach the word. Every Sunday, people walk out of here and never come back. Have you noticed? They're not going to the bathroom. Besides, besides Sunday afternoon after chicken wings, bathroom only takes me like five minutes. There it went. A couple of you are like, girl, what is he talking about? Now you're figuring it out. My friends caught it. Aaron and Naz caught it right away. They're not coming back. Does that hurt? Yeah, a little bit. I just move on because the word is more important. I pray over them, though. I don't want anybody to leave. But the gospel is not for everybody. They hung Jesus on a cross preaching the gospel. Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Listen to this. Went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And they still hung him on the cross. People who got healed in your church services will nail you to a cross. That's people. I love people, though. I do. I love people. But that you have to understand who they are. You have to understand it and just deal with it. 2 Corinthians 13, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. They don't have a pastor. The world has no pastor. And I just used pastor. The world has no evangelist. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, right? They don't have that. They don't have it. And most Christians don't have it. That's why they all closed. They don't have a pastor. They don't have a prophet. They don't have an evangelist. Like Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He's guy considered to be my evangelist. He was the only one I saw. During the last 25 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, the only one telling Christians to stand up that, that is an evangelist. There's other pastors, but where were the other evangelists? Nobody. Crickets. Crickets. What does the world have? 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. They call themselves Christian. They can't be false unless they call themselves Christians. They're not even good at being false if they're not good at performing. If they're not good at delusion and illusion. They're soft-spoken. Nobody's mad at you. We love you. Here's a prayer cloth dipped in the River Jordan. Use this for toilet paper for one week. <laughs> It'll heal you from down to up. <laughs> Such are false prophets, deceitful workers. You can't be deceitful unless you're successful at deceiving transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. These are the verses that most of you know. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. We're here to, we're here to save your life 
alone together, locked down. That's Satan himself transforming himself into an angel of light. We are here, the very purveyors of 100 million abortions over the last two and a half years. We're here to save your life. We're gonna tell you to lock down in your home where 76% of all COVID cases are caught. Facts. That's who these people are. And here comes the evangelical church right behind them. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. There's plenty of them that are actually ministers of Satan. If you're not preaching the gospel, if you're filtering the Bible in your church for whatever nefarious purposes you have, whether you're trying to build a church, trying to get as many attenders as you possibly can get, Whatever your purposes are, whether you know what, we're gonna take the PPP money because I'm a lover of money. You know how many millions upon tens of millions went to evangelical churches? From Joe Biden? From the baby butchers? Oh, we'll take your money. Their money, that money's gonna come calling. You're gonna have trans bathrooms. They're all a bunch of right-wingers now because we've, done, we've gained some momentum because people like us stood. So there's some momentum now. People like Ron DeSantis stood. So there's some momentum now. So the, all, of these, all of these fair-weather Christians and fair-weather conservatives are jumping on the train, but their heart is corrupt. They've never said the vaunted three words. Why is it that only the congressmen out of Texas, Chip Roy is the only notable figure that has come out and said I was wrong. I'm not kidding. If you have another one, send it to me. Seriously, I will play it on the podcast. I'm talking about mainline, big name evangelical leader, crickets, just like Disney right now. Jiminy Crickets saying nothing. <laughs> nothing. All you got to do is stand up to that bully and they shut up. Be quiet, Satan, in Jesus' name. Shut your mouth. You want politics, you got it. Ready, you're ready, Creek exemptions? Bye-bye. That's what you do. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. There's lots of those in our culture, but listen to this. 2 Timothy 3, 8 and 9. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they shall progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all. It's not talking, that's talking about people inside the church. And you watch around the world, it's happening. The folly of these men and women, COVID cavers, is being manifest to all. God does not want his church closed down. He wants his church to occupy until he comes. He wants the world to reverence the church, not laugh at it. 
But what do you and I have? They basically have ministers of Satan. What do you and I have, though? You and I have Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? So Jesus went to hell for you. You never have to go. He shouldered all your sin and then went to hell for you. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. That's what you have. That's what you have. The verse I already read to you earlier, I'm gonna read the whole thing to you now. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave, him, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying, for the building of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You have that. Nobody else does. The world doesn't have that. Narrow is the way, and if you find it, you have it. They don't have that. They have nobody to teach them. They will have, God will come and draw them to salvation, at least at some point in their life. But if you are lost or you're backslidden, you have nothing. Why did he do all these things? We're at 14, we're at Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 now. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now listen to me, folks. You need to listen closely. It's not just winds of doctrine of biblical things. Well, I believe this. I'm pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. I'm this, blah, blah, blah. Not just that. Watch all the other things too. Flat earth. QAnon. Watch it. Christians, why would you even care whether the earth was flat or not? Why are you even preaching that? Don't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. If the Bible doesn't say it's flat, get off. And I don't even care if it's flat or round. If it takes absolute lunacy to defend your position that you have no proof of, shut up. It's the same for QAnon. QAnon is no different than the Jehovah's Witnesses. One prophecy after another never happened, so they keep changing their theories and their theology. What are you doing? And why do you care anyway? Well, there's tunnels under Disney where they're farming all these kids from all these areas. What are you gonna do about it? If you're gonna care so much, what are you gonna do? Instead, what it keeps you is, it keeps you preoccupied and distracted from your gifts and your callings and from the high calling of Christ. Whether you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All of these things are distractions. That even if you're right, it adds up to nothing. So what's the point? It's a distraction. Because he wants to keep you out of There's many of you that are called. 
Everybody is called to something. Every last person is called to a high calling. And the distractions are meant to pull you from that because Satan is scared of you. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. But instead, I put the instead in there, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. What makes you grow up? Speaking the truth. Not speaking what's comfortable. Speaking the truth. Some parents need to say, I screwed up my children. Everybody in my home should be saved, but because I was weird or I was a hypocrite, nobody is. You need to say it out loud. Speak the truth out loud. I do. Say it. See how quiet it is in here? Whatever it is. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things and to him who has the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every part does its share, and we can't even get people to attend, and you can't be, get people to tithe. Oh boy, here comes the tithing thing. The pastor's after my money. You really think I am? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Find another scripture where God says, try me. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you, not for me, for you, the window of heaven, the windows of heaven. He wants to open for and pour out for you. To for you, such a blessing that you, there will not be room enough to receive it. So what's your reason, reason for not tithing? Well, we've, we know about corrupt churches. You're a QAnon person. Of course there's corrupt churches. There's people involved. If you don't trust this church, you better be tithing somewhere. Although you should be tithing where you're attending. So he can open up for you. But we won't even do the small. If, again, I tell you, Luke 12, 26. If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? How mature are we really? The world doesn't have what we have. They don't have it. We have all of these things. We are privileged. Worship team, make your way. We're going to lead with this next week, but I want to leave you with it because I want to leave you with something that's very important. You guys just be ready. We're going to go about five minutes and we're done. It's 57, so I'm only going two over. Preaching five more, two over. Five more, two over. The world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever, right? First John 2, 7, five minutes to go. Listen to this. I'm sending you out with this. Christians struggle with the world. Look at me. I struggle with the world. What do you mean? They want the approval of the world. They want to follow the pattern of it. They measure success by it. What makes you successful? Are you implementing the word of God? That's it. You're successful. God will meet all your needs. You'll be rich. What you, where do you get this rich from? The Bible. The Old Testament, no New Testament. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. He sacrificed, he, he became sin for you. He became poverty for you. You're supposed to be rich. How are we supposed to feed the poor with no money? Well, I think it's so real. All the Christians want to be poor. So all the poor that are, un, that are unsaved stay poor because the Christians are poor. They're scared of being rejected by the world. Their entertainment comes from the world. Their excitement comes from the world. What's your definition of excitement? Four minutes to go. What's your definition of excitement? We don't even know yet. Boy, I wish we had time to get into this this, this week. Most of us have no idea, and I include myself in this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. We need to get to that place above all we could ask or think. Not our excitement coming from, hey, it's, it's I'm not even going to talk about Disney anymore. It's Universal Day. That's the excitement. We're going to go on that two-week RV trip. Let's go buy the Harley. We don't even know what excitement is. If we were to learn to dwell in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we would learn. We don't even know. I'll finish with this. It's in Matthew chapter 6, 22 and 23. The lamp of the body. This is all about perspective. This isn't about what you let in and what you, look, what you let out. You can apply it that way because you can layer scripture. But it says the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What does that mean? Matthew 6, and 23. What are the verses that precede that? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. It's about perspective. It's about how you see things. It is everything. So this week, turn your perspective. Turn your perspective to the word of God. Turn your perspective to the Holy Ghost. Don't measure anything any longer by the world's standards. Let your perspective be the Bible and the witness of the Bible, which is the Holy Ghost and the reward of salvation. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.